0: The terrible thing to do would be to try to change myself into something that I'm not chasing, chasing that next success and that next step. Um, I would never do that. I would not compromise myself, um, and, and try to be something that I am not. Um, and, and, and sell out my values or my integrity or my anything, because I believe those are what got me here. Um, and maybe, you know, whatever, whatever it takes to get to that next level, whatever that is, uh, maybe I just don't have it and maybe that's okay. You know, maybe, maybe yeah. <laughs> that's fine. And maybe I did this for 16 years and I took it as far as I could. And then I'll go do something else for a while. That's, that's not a, that's not a defeat. That's not admitting failure. That's just saying, you know, I did this for a while. It was awesome. And now I'm going to do something else for a while. And it's going to be awesome as well.
1: Hi, I'm Carlos, co-founder of the Happy Startup School, and welcome to our Happy Startup Community Podcast. Along this journey of building the Happy Startup School, I've had the privilege of meeting amazing people from around the world, whether it was across a banqueting table at our summer camp festival, or sat at a beach cafe in Goa during one of our retreats. Each of them had fascinating stories to tell, and interesting ideas to share that have changed how I look at business and life. This podcast is my effort to share these conversations with you and to open up your horizons to new perspectives and ways of viewing the world. I hope they become a source of inspiration, learning and connection. Enjoy. Alexander Kirilf is the founder of Woohoo Inc. and is the original chief happiness officer. Lawrence and I first met Alex over six years ago now, when we went to a conference in Denmark for innovators trying to change the world of business. He's an amazing guy with an infectious positive energy. When we were over there, he invited us to dinner and it was my first experience of Cards Against Humanity. I can't remember ever laughing so much. I think even a little pea came out. Alex's mission is to bring more happiness and positivity to the world of work. He does this by giving talks and running workshops for companies all across the world. He's written a number of books, he's got a YouTube channel and also has built a network of positivity professionals who use his materials and resources to impact more businesses. However, after doing this work for 16 years, Alex has decided to take a break. He's found himself having less energy and motivation and is less happy at work, which isn't great for a chief happiness officer. Listen to this episode to find out more about how Alex started the business, what it was like in the early days, how it's grown, and why in 2020 he'll be shutting it down for at least six months, and maybe forever. Enjoy. You, yeah, how's it going? Uh, I actually just fell asleep. <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Uh, I just had some lunch. Uh, and I've been watching this TV series in the UK called The Planets. Mm-hmm. And it's about uh, space exploration and how we've visited every planet in the solar cool. system. Uh, and I love that stuff. Yes. And then um, I think it's a combination of just like looking at pictures of the, the void of space and, and, <laughs> and a nice lunch. And I just I thought I'd close my eyes for 10 minutes. And and luckily I had a little bit of an alarm, but I, yeah, I actually fell asleep for ten minutes. Hey, good on um, you. So yeah, I feel I feel refreshed. Yeah. But you know what it's like. I don't know sometimes, I don't know when you, when you just come out of a bit of a of a midday nap. There's the there's a kind of unworldliness of
0: things. You can feel a little woozy, and yeah, yeah, I know that.
1: Ooh. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, been there, been there, definitely.
1: And how are you? How's how's your day today?
0: Uh, very quiet and uneventful um everything is gearing down you know there's less and less to do as we approach the end of the year and the the break coming up so I'm great mm. good
1: it's yeah. oh, good to hear and what is the weather like in Denmark the uh way?
0: gray and rainy and miserable oh that's only <laughs> only for the next four or five months so it'll, it'll be fine
1: <laughs> what I'd like to do is just take a journey um with you on based mainly on that on that post that you put on linkedin yep. um, and i think for like i, I put in the document um, i think your story is uh, is really i think it would be really interesting as was very useful for for the the people that i think who come to altitude mm-hmm. who are usually at a a crossroads or a mm-hmm. transition mm-hmm. Uh, and there are people who, who, who wish they could come to Altitude or, or think about or, or, the, or follow us and um, have been on a, on a path with, with the work they're doing and then just kind of considering about next steps. And it's not always clear what that might be or why even, why they're feeling a certain way. So I was curious about your story. Yeah. For people who don't know you, and there'll be some members of our community and followers who might not know about you, though Mm -hmm. I think most will have, um, particularly those who've been to summer camp, what would be nice is to just um, give people a picture of who you are. Sure. Sure. and what you do uh, and how you got there actually and how you started it
0: yes <laughs> and, and that is actually a relevant story for for this conversation so let's 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 take my background first i'm originally from software development i have a master's degree in computer science i was a coder for a while a consultant and then uh, i co-founded a, a tech company an it consulting company in copenhagen uh, way back in 1997 um we ran that for 5 years and then we sold it and, and I decided at that time to to sort of stop, give myself a break and ask myself, what is my, you know, what do I want to do? Uh, what's the next step for me? Um, and, and, and after about a six-month period, I realized that, you know, tech is amazing and coding is a lot of fun. My true passion in life is happiness at work, um, mm. partly because it's always been a value for me and partly because I see what happens to people when they have jobs they don't like. Um, how that can just wear a person down over time. so uh, so I started doing this. I, I founded my new company in two thousand and three in Copenhagen um, and 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 basically since then, uh, we've been doing speeches and workshops mostly uh, for different clients around the world on how to create happier workplaces.. Um, Yeah. So, so that's, uh, that's what we've been doing. Um, we, we work, we're based in Copenhagen. We do most of our work in Denmark, but we have actually spoken in 52 different countries. Wow. Um, and written five books about happiness at work and, um, and work with so many cool and interesting, uh, people and clients and organizations and conferences around the world. It's been amazing.
1: And you say we, what does it
0: mean? Oh yeah. We're a huge organization with three people. (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: cool well uh, yeah tiny team making big impact
0: yeah well i feel like we i feel like we I do make a difference um i feel like there are a lot of people out there that that have been inspired by the work we do whether that's you know the actual speeches uh where we've spoken to hundreds of thousands of people uh you know when you when you add up all the uh all the audience we've spoken to but we are audiences we've spoken to we also you know we have our youtube channel mm uh with with tens of thousands of views in some videos we have our articles that have been read some of them millions of times Uh, our books are have been really really popular so so i feel like i feel like our message is out there and it's been heard and it's it's at least helped some people that i've that i've heard from and that's awesome that that's why we do it that's what that's certainly what drives me is this um is this ability to make a difference Mm.
1: that's awesome that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I think there's two ways. Actually, there's one way I are going to take this conversation, but actually, there's there's another point that I'd be curious to talk about, particularly yeah. for for the people who are just starting. And yeah. I'm curious about this switch where you went from basically software developer, essentially a software company, um, mm-hmm. to to something completely different. Yes. So it'd be nice to. Well, I'd be curious to t- take us back to that point and. Because that's that's a that's a bit of a pivot what, yes what did you do? How did you kick her off because I don't even think just starting a whole new thing for some people is just so daunting it's a step into the unknown
0: yeah and it it was for me too i I will say though that i had uh I had you know a couple of advantages and one of them is that uh you know I had money in the bank right. So, I was not forced to pull in an income every single month. Uh, we sold our you know, consulting company and, and it was not like a million, you know, a uh, billion dollar IPO or anything, but I was definitely comfortable. Mm. Um, so, that was one one side of it. And then the other side of it was that I think I think I approached it in a way that works for me, which is that I quit with no idea of what I was going to do next. <laughs> Um, so, and, and I, I remember thinking at the time, so, you know, uh, our company got bought by uh, this huge, uh, IT company and I was like, I don't want to work for them. I quit. Um, and I remember thinking, you know, I, f- I feel like there's a new idea, uh, waiting for me, you know, something cool that I want to do. I'm sure I'll think of it in a week or two, or maybe, you know, maybe a month at the outside. <laughs> <laughs> of course it took me th- six months to actually, to actually get the idea. Right. Yeah and I will say that that I think that that period of having nothing to do that vacuum basically uh, in my life was on the one hand essential because i I'm pretty sure I could not have made that radical a shift if I had been bogged down in you know in keeping keeping uh you know a day job going right yeah. or in in starting something else in a in a similar industry. I think it took that period of of basically of nothing else going on in my life to come up with an idea that was that different uh, i would also say that that period was incredibly frustrating because <laughs> i am the kind of person who wants to get up in the morning and do shit, yeah. uh, you know uh, make a difference uh accomplish something and suddenly i was not and i remember just that on a very basic level uh you know when people asked me so what do you do i used to say well i'm a co-founder of a consulting company yada 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 and now i'm unemployed and I do nothing, right? <laughs> um, and and that in itself was actually kind of kind of hard as well. Mm. So so I think the, here's here's my takeaway from that period uh, is that that I, I could not have had the idea and the and the freedom and the courage to do it if I've not if I'd not had that period of of nothing else going on. Now I, I perfectly realized this is probably not for everybody, not everybody has that luxury. But I did, and that's what worked for me. And it is essentially also um, what I'm doing again to some to some degree now, mm. and, and giving myself that luxury again. Um, but there is, I think, there is something very, very profound. And and by the way, I'll, I'll say a couple of things. So once I made the, once I came up with the idea, you know, I want to focus on happiness at work. Um, what made it work for me was this: that this idea gripped me so strongly that I, there there was no way I could not do it. Mm. I was not like, that sounds fun. I should do this. I was like, holy crap, this is, this is freaking awesome. I got to do this. Um, that, that was, that was, that was how passionate I was about the idea when I, when I had it. Um, and then the other thing was that, um, that I had, I had no, you know, I'm not an organizational psychologist or a management consultant, or I have no background in HR, no business degree no mba no nothing okay so i had no um i had no uh pre-installed knowledge of, of this whole field of, of making of creating happy workplaces um so so what i did was i i i did a ton of research right i went into this with uh with an open mind and and i read hundreds of uh, two or three hundred books on on the topic on on any topic from you know, psychology to learning to organizational theory to whatever um, and and based on that, I, I sort of designed our first offerings and started doing them for at first for unpaid audiences. And then I actually got the first paid client. And and I which is one more thing I'll mention, which I think was really healthy for me, at least, was that I remember going into this with a feeling that um, I have no idea if I can do this. Right. I have no background in this field. I have no idea if if this is even something I could succeed at. But I felt like the idea was so important to me that I would rather do it and fail than not do it, and that gave me a degree of freedom in in approaching this that I think worked really, really well for me. Um, this that I I'd, I've you know I've I'd never given a paid speech on anything before, uh, right? And suddenly I want to you know uh, do keynotes in in front of thousands of people. Um, and can I do this? I don't know, but I would rather do it and fail than not then at least not try it and of course we did it and it worked and that was awesome but but having that freedom i think was uh, that the sort of that approach was really important for me at the beginning
1: hmm. i that word freedom mm-hmm. uh, and also the word space yes seems to resonate very much uh, when 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 you're talking mm-hmm. um there's so on one level on a very practical level it sounded like you had the space and the freedom because you didn't need to to worry about paying the rent or the mortgage, yes. if that was taken care of. I'm yes. thinking now Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's like yes. basic needs covered.
0: Yes, and also but- I would also say that that uh, my amazing girlfriend Patricia and I live. Uh, you know, we we don't live a we don't have a huge house. We have a nice apartment in Copenhagen, but like a not like a really fancy one. We don't have a car. We there. You know, our basic monthly expenses are at a very very manageable level, which mm-hmm. also again gives us huge amounts of freedom. In what we can, in what we can do or or not do, yeah,
1: yeah. So there's there that that removes a lot of worry and anxiety that can kind of um, run as like background processes in the mind that kind of suck yes. up energy and yes, thought. Then Have you seen the
0: studies of of what uh what economic anxiety does to people's uh intelligence? Oh no, it's, it's this is from a fantastic book called Scarcity. I forget the author's names, but it's a psychologist and an economist. Who looked at what happens to people when they face some kind of scarcity? For instance, money problems. That's that's the number one thing they studied, and they actually found that that uh, that putting people just theoretically thinking about you know not having enough money to pay a, an important expense hmm. dropped their IQ by on average thirteen points.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's I, really really scary.
1: I can definitely I can yeah. definitely see how that works. It makes me think. So I, I have a, like a six-year-old iMac oh. um, and I know Chrome slows down a lot yeah. when it's doing other stuff in the background and it gets very, very frustrating. And so I, I, I have this image of a, you know, this operating system of the mind that just gets sucked. So, oh, it's processing power. So energy gets sucked yeah. away by these other worries and... and um, concerns that that yeah that also is quite exactly what and an emotion deeply emotional thing is that 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 thing that can hit us in the gut that that fear that can stop us from being then fear being in a space of abundance i think is what absolutely looking at absolutely and um so I'm, I'm i'm really curious about um that just dwelling dwelling on that initial stage because one mm-hmm. of the things that um i've been recently having conversations around is is this idea of starting something that you're passionate about, mm. and um, it sounds like you, you know, this you were channeling something at that beginning. And I, yes, I have this uh, this expression of artist versus entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and and to explain that, there's the idea of um, the entrepreneur who, and this is like a very kind of polarized, extreme view, but the entrepreneurs they spot a market opportunity and they do what they can to exploit it, to, to create a, a business out of it. Exploit may be too strong a word, but they they, they see an opportunity and they follow it. Yeah. While the artist, they channel something that that's inside them. It's nothing to do with what's going on around them. It's more about, I need to make this happen, and and by hook or by crook, I will make it happen. Sure. So firstly, was like, given that kind of definition, and I see it as a spectrum, which end would you have said you fit?
0: <clears throat> I think artist is probably a very grand word for what I do. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm definitely in. I mean, what I probably have in common with the artists is that I care about what I do, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think uh, that's not calling what I do art, but that's just saying that in the process, I I care deeply about what I do and I care about doing it well. Um. And I think uh, I think an artist kind of has to do the same, right? <laughs> or, it's, mm. or it's or it's probably really poor art. Uh, you know, let let me make another painting. It'll it will probably suck, and, and nobody will want to watch it, right?
1: Maybe let me elaborate a bit more in terms of: Did you see? Okay, the world needs this, and I'm going to try and make it work, mm-hmm. or I'm going to try and sell you know sell something around this, or I feel this needs to happen, and I'm going to see what happens.
0: It was very much the latter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I also felt like there was a market for this. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a business. Without a market, there's no business. Mm. Um, but, but, uh, but I, yeah. But it was very much more a feeling that... It
1: started that, off from a need.
0: Yes. And, and partly on my own, uh, you know, for my own sake and partly for, for all the people that I've talked to and met who've been in jobs, they hate it. And from seeing what that what that does to a person.
1: Cool. Because there's that journey that I think um, of when there's something that you really care about and know something that what I heard you say is like, I, I'm going to do this and I'm going to, I don't know anything about it. I'm still going to do it. And if I fail, that's fine. Um, there's, and it sounds like you had a healthy relationship to that idea, but there are some people out there, they care so much about it, that it has to be perfect as soon as it comes out and it yeah. slows them down and it puts them in that what you call that that space of scarcity
0: yes did and, you have any of like
1: that or were you very uh, much-
0: no i think i th- and that's why i think that that other you know let me try this and and be free to fail i think that's where that came in mm-hmm. uh that being said i i am with with uh with some things i am a perfectionist and and uh it it happens rarely but it does it does happen that i'll go out in the speech that, that the customer does not like <laughs> and 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 occasionally i'll you know um or, or maybe i'll i'll try a new way of delivering you know this segment of the speech i want to try that new way and then it doesn't work as well as the, as the old way or, or you know sometimes occasionally fails completely right hmm. um and i don't like that i hate that right but you gotta be you have to be free to do that uh you have to be free to switch things up or you'll stagnate completely and uh and, and you'll die inside hmm. uh, so yeah so
1: yeah and i was thinking then way i had as well with that initial phase there was uh you you said you you know you'd read a ton of books so you did a lot of research and you 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 accumulated knowledge yes. but you also said that you started off by just doing this stuff for free yes um, talk us what is it that made you think of doing it that way what was it that you were trying to achieve that way
0: well, that was basically, I wanted to see if this worked at all, right? And I actually felt kind of uncomfortable of, uh, you know, charging uh, charging money for something I had never tried out on anyone. So I had the idea for a workshop uh, that would help people think about what made them happy at work and, and how to become happier at work. So I designed that and I was like, I need to test this, right? So I I invited, uh, you know, I, I got got 12 people to come and and actually do it, and and mm. yeah, and actually I, I remember coming out of that with a feeling of holy shit, this works. Uh, no. This is, this is a, I cannot hide this from the world. This this needs to this needs to happen more often. That was the feeling I came out of that with. But it was really important for me to to test it out first on 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 people who had not paid for it.
1: <laughs> and um, so, what was the feeling on the way into it?
0: uh i honestly don't remember yeah that this is a, this is you gotta remember this is a while back right <laughs> <laughs> um this would be 16 17 years ago so i mm. honestly can't remember it was probably you know if 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 i know myself at all i was probably excited and nervous at the same time
1: and these people that you you invited were they were they how well how were they uh, uh i'm trying to say then the opposite of a hostile audience were they friends or were they? Yeah, uh, some of them were friends. Some of them I knew uh,
0: a little bit, and some of them were friends of friends that I'd never met before. Mm. Um, so yeah, so uh, but but definitely people who are open to the idea, right? Mm. Or they wouldn't have uh, you know invested any time in this at all.
1: Because there's a level of you you want some uh, impartial feedback, not to be clouded mm-hmm. by the fact that you have a relationship with them, but at the same time you don't want to be so like you said you, you want people who are also interested in um in helping you improve what it is exactly you're
0: exactly you don't wanna i mean uh, uh you know nothing nothing is easier to kill than a new idea right <laughs> you wanna you wanna you wanna give it a you know you wanna give it some uh, miracle grow first mm. and then you wanna then you wanna trim it and cut it down a little bit but you you can very easily kill a new idea uh like a like a young sprout right yeah
1: Yeah. Yeah. Kind of criticism. I think and this is the I think the one of the challenges that many people in our community will have is that that at that early stage, any kind of critical feedback can be quite devastating if you don't have the right mindset or even if you don't have the right people giving it.
0: Oh yes. Absolutely. Um um, yeah, uh, the and if I, I did not run into that. I mean, I've, I've met, along the way, I've met many people who think that happiness at work is a stupid idea mm. and, you know, naive and silly and frivolous and that kind of thing. But I've met way more people who think it's awesome. Mm.
1: Um,
0: and, 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 and I try to listen to them.
1: And so that period of nurturing this idea um, and essentially doing it for free, how long did you spend, like...
0: Well, that, was only, uh, that was only a that was only a month or two, I think.
1: Ooh, that's yeah, really quick then. So yeah. you got some yeah, really yeah. strong signals at the beginning, then.
0: Yeah, and and also I feel yeah. The, first of all, I did work really well what I'd come up with, and and secondly, I also think that uh, that there is a trap in 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 starting something new is that you over-design it, mm. right? You can you can spend a lot of time tweaking it and improving it and and making it better but you'll never know if it really works until you meet a real audience, your mm-hmm. real audience. So I would say that, that uh, the sooner you can get out uh, in the market, right? The, the sooner you can get out and have people try this under real conditions, uh, the, the more you learn. Uh, with, of course, with the risk that that you're not quite ready, mm. and that is a risk, but there's also the opposite risk is that you spend too long improving and tweaking and perfecting um instead of and 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 doing it based on like your test audience or or your own uh ideas and and feelings instead of you know uh real input from real uh users or customers or whatever right
1: yeah real pale so
0: yeah so it's actually it's, it's it's always been one of my uh one of my sort of design principles is how soon can we get this in front of a paying audience in some way Mm. Um, and then, and then, and then tweak it from there based on their input.
1: Yeah. And so here's the million dollar question, which I again, some a lot of early entrepreneurs struggle with is, how did you go about understanding the value of what you were delivering? Particularly, how did you think about pricing?
0: Yeah. Oh man, that's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and especially, uh, as, I mean, and especially something like this, right? If I was, because uh, most of what we do is speeches and workshops, right? Yeah. So in in most cases, I'll show up and speak at a company for an hour, hour and a half, and then boom, that's it, right? So what is that? What should that cost? Um, and I would say that I started out very low, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember I think I sold my first speech in Denmark for something like 400 euros. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a two-hour speech and a client. Um, and I remember the first client calls me on the phone, and they, and they were, so what's the speech about? And then they're like, what does it cost? And and, and I was like, shit, I never <laughs> thought about that. <laughs> and then very quickly, I I, I settled at a, I've, I don't know, like, you know, it's it's a uh, it gut feeling, right? So I, I settled at a price that was probably around a thousand euros for a speech. And that, that sort of became, you know, a, a sustainable. We sold a lot of those. Um, it went to to twelve thousand. Um, uh, sorry, uh, sorry, uh, that's twelve thousand kroner, so that's fifteen hundred euro approximately. And then uh, I remember I was talking to um, to a, a Danish business leader called Lars Kold, he's very famous in Denmark. And he's like, "You should, Alex, you should charge the same for me. Uh, I charge five thousand euros for a speech. You should too." Hmm. And I was like, "Sure, what the hell? I'll try it." So I raised my prices. I actually, ended up selling more speeches. Ah, yeah. Right. Um. Uh, uh, uh. Pricing is weird, and especially pricing on something like this, and a lot of uh, value is is determined by expectation and pricing. Yeah. So once we raised our prices, we ended actually ended up selling more speeches. Um, I've
1: heard yeah. that said a lot. Yeah. yeah. The, this so, is not
0: true for every kind of product, but but for no. something like this, uh, we found it. We found that that's that's what worked. So, but pricing is weird. Hmm. And, and there's, um and there's, there's, I think for me, at least, there's a balance point here in between on the one hand, running a sustainable business. And you could say like, you know, 5,000 euros for a one hour speech, that's a pretty good hourly wage. But on the other hand, I, I can't do 40 speeches every week. Uh, that's, that's just not humanly possible, right?
1: Hmm.
0: I can do maybe a couple of speeches a week. Uh, plus, you know, as a business, I have other expenses. Plus, you know, what you're really paying for here is not my time. It's the value that that creates for the, for the organization. So balancing that, uh, balancing that on the one hand, and then on the other hand, also, you know, being able to justify the, the, the price to myself yes. so that this is not just, this is not just whatever I can get away with charging customers. It's a price that I, you know, just fully know is absolutely worth it. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, based on, you know, the, all of the time and effort that's gone into designing it and how good we are delivering the content and how much value is created for previous clients and all of that. And if I could not look myself in the mirror and say, you know what, we're fucking worth it, uh, we would, we would be charging something else. So there's a, there's a balance there, um, in, in, in that kind of thing. And that, I think that applies, especially to just things like speaking and consulting, um, yeah. And that's just hard, you know, washing machines, those you can price, (laughs) right?
1: Well, the word, firstly, the word integrity sprang to mind when you're talking about. Oh, that's so, yeah. Um, And I'm curious as well, is the idea that to begin with, you just went with your gut.
0: Yes. Um,
1: So it was purely instinctive. I think it's worth this. So we'll try it out.
0: Exactly. That was very much, that was very much it. And then, and then we can adjust from there. And I think that's, that's how we make a lot of our decisions is first, first gut instinct is this. Yeah. Let's try that and see if it works.
1: That's, so actually, that's led me down another path there. But before that, so there's the gut instinct. This is what I think it's worth. And then there was what I heard this 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 business lead or this, this uh, a business coach telling you that there's this market rate
0: yeah.
1: that is possible. Yeah. And then it was that, and then I felt, then I heard you talk about, then that's where the integrity came in and understanding, believing in the value you deliver.
0: Yes, very much so.
1: No. So um, let's talk about going with your gut. (laughs) Yeah. What does that, what does that mean to you? And how does that, how does that? Manifest when you're making a decision,
0: man, Uh, that is just so hard to talk about, right? But in, but in, in, in many, many situations, you know, I'll, I'll look at a specific issue or problem or challenge or opportunity and whatever, and I'll just have a feeling that this might be the right way to go. And that feeling can be based based on many things, but it's, it's based a lot on, on, you know, the actual situation, but it's also based on, you know, who am I, you know, what kind of company are we? Um, I'll give an example, uh, when we, we, uh, we did an, uh, an annual conference on happiness at work in Denmark. And, and one year we thought, you know, what could be interesting was if we let people pay what they want for the con, uh, sorry, uh, yeah. Pay what they want for the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, n- n- previous to that, we had, you know, set ticket prices, you know, um, and, a, and, a volume discount, but what if we say, pay what you think it's worth. I should say, it's, it was pay what you think it's worth, not what you want. And the, you know, you could have analyzed that in a million different ways. You could have, you could have, you know, sat down. You could have done a, a survey of customers. We were like, "Nah, let's try it and see what happens." Um, and we did it, and we ended up selling way more tickets, um, and actually making more money on the conference than the previous year. Uh, so that was so that was nice. But also, what 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 ended up happening was that a lot of people who could otherwise not have afforded to go to the conference actually ended up going. Uh, mm-hmm. like uh, a kindergarten could send a couple of teachers right and, and other, otherwise they could never afford it to to send anyone to a, a business conference. And now they could. Um, mm-hmm. And it was it was pay what you can, pay what you think is worth, not pay what you want, right. Um, so some people actually paid higher prices than, than than the official ticket price last year. So that was a good mm-hmm. example of a decision that we could that we could never have analyzed our way to a right decision, but we could try it and see if it worked and it worked. And of course, in other situations, we've tried it and it's failed. But then we've learned that. Um, and and there is there is just something. So I think I think what what very much drives us in this is that that uh, in our you know it's, it's what we stand for, and and we try to optimize everything for impact. So instead of trying to optimize for you know for profits or optimize for growth or optimize for whatever, we try to optimize for impact. What can we do that has the most impact on on how happy people are at work? Um, and as, as long as we use that as a, as a guideline, um, I, I, I don't think we can we can screw it up completely. <laughs> um, and, and I think that guides us in many of these situations. And I think then, by the way, and then another guideline that we all, always use is, is this fun? Right? Mm. Is, this, is this cool? Is this something that we're proud to talk about? Um, and if it is, then then most, most often we'll do it. I will say Ken, just one addendum to the whole God feel thing is that very, very often I'll have a strong God feeling that we should do this and I'll turn out to be completely wrong. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll talk to, uh, to, to other people or you know the, my, t- my two coworkers and, and they'll be like, no, we should try this. And I'm okay, we'll try it. And I'm completely certain that I'm right and they're wrong. And it turns out that they're right and I'm wrong. And I can't <laughs> tell you how many times that has happened. So you know, uh, God feeling is good. But it's, it's not exactly, it's not an exact science. <laughs>
1: no. Well, I, I, I had a conversation about gut feeling earlier today. That's why it came mm-hmm. up and especially when you just said it. And um, so what I heard you say was it's very much embedded in, in your values. So you talked about fun, optimizing for impact, um, something that you're proud about, uh, it also speaks to what I heard because you also talked about integrity when it comes to pricing, and that's where I, I connect the idea of pride and integrity. And so those kind of – and they come – and I, I'm pointing to my belly now. They come from down there, and it and you can see something, and it, and it feels right. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, I got the impression of. And the interesting thing when I was having this conversation with this other person was that um, – particularly for thinky people, that's what I describe them as, people who kind of like rationalize everything. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a fear about going with their guts because they don't trust it and maybe they haven't done enough gut-driven decisions. Mm -hmm. But also there's, it was mentioned, the idea that sometimes our ego can disguise itself as instinct. Sure. And so what you think is a gut decision or a beneficial gut decision is actually maybe something else that you hadn't noticed, telling you, moving you in a certain direction. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, it to you.
0: totally does, and um, and 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 I th- I think <laughs> I think one tool that you can use to sort of distinguish this is look at what state you're in when you're when you're thinking about a given decision, because if mm-hmm. you're in a in a you know you're in a comfortable, rested, well-fed. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, yeah. not low blood sugar and hangry uh, state, uh, with with no external threats and pressure. I think that's when you can most effectively listen to your gut. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there's, a, uh, I'm not even kidding. Um, there is, there's a study uh, on decision making when people really, really have to pee, <laughs> and apparently <laughs> people make terrible, terrible decisions uh, when when their bladder is under pressure. Um, And I think you make, you make terrible decisions if you're, for instance, if you're sleep deprived, if you're hungry, if you're, uh, you know, if you're, if you're afraid, if you're angry, so you can, I think what you can do is you can, you can think a little bit about, you know, what state are you in right now? And if you're, if you're right now, your gut wants to do this, uh, but you're right now, you're really upset about something or you haven't slept well in for three nights or you're really hungry or you really got to pee or whatever. Uh, then maybe maybe defer that decision. Maybe acknowledge, yeah, right now that's what I want to do. But maybe if I were in a different state, I would think and feel differently about this.
1: Yeah, yeah. And do you do you have because um, when you are talking about being in the right state, you know, mm-hmm. I got that sense of a state of calm, you know, well fed, rested. Do you do you have a meditation practice? That Absolutely
0: wanna? not. I hate that. Stuff. <laughs> so freaking boring. <laughs> no, and and also I don't want to. I'm 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 not trying to paint this like as some idyllic Zen state. <laughs> I don't think I don't. Think, I'm never in that state, right? Yeah. It's just that you know try to try to minimize minimize the external pressures you're facing in that decision moment.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. And you know, and uh, and and think about that. No, no. Meditation is is. I'm I'm not knocking meditation. I know a lot of people. Have practices and enjoy those and get a lot out of it. I'm just I, I find it so boring. So <laughs> I do I do CrossFit and swing dancing, and that's that's my meditation.
1: Well, there's something around having uh, what I heard with what you're talking about being well fed and rested. There's something about being physically in the right space, and um, and I, I I have a belief that when you're physically feeling well, you're mentally. It affects your mental well-being as well. Oh, it
0: it goes it goes both way. both yeah. it goes both ways, and, and we know that from a lot of research yeah. that your physical state is really important. Um, and and just uh, you know, <laughs> try making a big life decision when you have a debilitating
1: toothache, or it's mm-hmm. not going
0: to go well. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you talked before about one of the values being um, impact. Yeah. And making impact. Uh, and I was reading your post, uh, mm-hmm. and and so there's there's this this decision. Well, actually, maybe for for the listener who who isn't clear about uh, what this this post is about, maybe just briefly um, talk about what the decision you've made.
0: Yes, yes. So uh, what I've noticed is that for the last couple of years, I've been unhappy at work, <laughs> and you know, in my business, that's not really you know that's something I can ignore. Okay. Um, and, and my main dissatisfaction has been that while we are making an impact, I feel like that impact has been stagnating, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for, so just a few metrics is that, you know, we get this about the same number of people come to our co- uh, conference, annual conference, the same number of subscribers to a newsletter is the same number of visitors to our blog, uh, same number of views on our YouTube channel. So everything's just sort of leveled off and stagnated, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know that, uh, again, I'm not saying there's inherently anything wrong with it. Is, is this, it, and, and for many people that will be fine. Uh, but for me, it, it, frustrates me so much hmm. because one of the things that drives me is, it's, is not, you know, it, it is growth, but not growth in, in, in revenues or growth in profits. It's growth in impact. Um, and growth in in sort of in in coolness and fun and and yeah right hmm. and this feeling that that not only is this awesome but it's actually getting awesomer yeah. and and for a couple of years I've not had that feeling and we've tried and it's not like we've been sitting on our you know on our hands we've actually tried a lot of things uh, to grow it from there um, and some of it a couple of those things worked really well but most of it did not and and my frustration grew and grew and grew and grew and until it got to the point where you know uh I, there's very few mornings uh i could actually get up in the morning and be excited about the work day ahead of me hmm. um i would say that there are many of the things i do i still enjoy doing i i still love giving a speech or a workshop um i still love writing articles for our blog and that kind of thing absolutely those, those things are amazing Um, but, but that does not hide sort of mask the overall dissatisfaction with the fact that, that we've been stagnating. Mm. Um, and finally I was like, you know, I could, I could, I could keep trying. I could, you know, I feel like I'm banging my head against the wall here. I could keep doing that or I could, I could do something else. Mm. So what I decided, uh, and again, this was very much a gut decision. There's, there's, there's very little actual, you know, number crunching or analysis that went into this. But what I ended up deciding was that from January 1st, next year, so 2020, we're going to take a six month break, basically shut down the company Mm. for six months, um, with, with no idea of what comes after, Mm. you know, maybe I come out of those six months with renewed energy and idea of where to go from here. And, you know, the optimism that this will happen, Mm. um, or maybe I'm like, nah, screw this, I'm out and I'm going to do something else. I have currently, I have no other plans. I have nothing else lined up, no ideas, not even the, not even the glimmer of an idea of where I'm going from here on a very practical level. My amazing girlfriend, Patricia and I are traveling. Mm -hmm. We're going to go away for six months, um, uh, go see the world or some cool parts of it, um, and, and, and give ourselves a chance to decompress completely, um, and, and get into a complete, again, is that vacuum that I talked about previously. Mm. Uh, that that uh that incredibly nice and frustrating time with nothing else going on um that that helped me come, come up with this idea the last time uh yeah so that's that's what we announced and and that's what we are that's what we will doing so we're spending the rest of 2019 just winding everything down and then from uh from January 2020 it's sayonara suckers
1: <laughs> so there's um it's a couple of things that that got brought to mind when you're talking. Is like from I learned this word from from one of our a friend that we've met through the Happy Startup School. Uh, the idea idea of a, a liminal state. Mm-hmm. So it's stepping into that point of transition. this six months of
0: in between, like,
1: in between, yeah, uh, which I always find quite uncomfortable. Yes. And I resonated very much when you said, like, "I'm very much. I like to do things. I like to make things happen." And there's that—that um, that what I see is a space for being rather than doing. Oh, I hate that distinction.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds so profound and spiritual when you say it, but just for a second, try being without doing, or try doing without being, and you'll see how spurious that that distinction is. Uh, but, but I will say for me, it's not about not doing, it's about doing something else. Hmm. Um, and, 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 and for a while, not having that pressure of, of developing the company, not having that hanging over my head. Uh, hmm. that's what it's very much about for me. Yeah. Um, yes. And, and the reason why we can, uh, why we, why I, why I feel like uh, we can do this now is that over the last two years, the, the, the one the one success that we have had in the last three year, three years actually, is that we have developed this international network of partners um, mm. who have all been. They basically been trained in our methods. Uh, there's an online training and a, and a physical academy that some of them some of them have been to. Um, so we have partners now in 30 countries uh, who can do keynotes and workshops um, based on on our methods and processes and tools. Um, so, so we can step back, they can pick up the slack. They can, they can keep, uh, growing and developing the partnership. They can go out there and work with clients while we're gone. Um, and, and, and do an awesome job on that. And that's also, that's again, another thing that gave me the sort of the, the freedom and the headspace to say, I can, I can do this. I can step back. This is not all on my shoulders. Uh, there are people here who can, who can, uh, who can lift this while I'm gone.
1: Yeah, well, that's that's amazing that you built up that network and you have that.
0: They, they're am- there is such cool people, um, and they do amazing work. Um, in we have partners in every continent, um, except Antarctica. I need I need one South Pole <laughs> researcher. If there is a South Pole researcher listening to this, I'll give you a free partnership, just I
1: mean, so global <laughs> domination.
0: But there, we- yeah, I- yeah. So just for instance, in, in two weeks, I'll be flying to Chile uh to Chile to speak at our you know our partners there in uh, in um, in uh, um what's the name of the
1: Hello, uh... you put me on the spot I had it on the top
0: slc uh... it's uh okay it will come to me anyway they're doing the first conference on happiness work ever in Chile and I'll go there and speak and it's going to be amazing yeah
1: nice okay uh, there we go Santiago
0: Santiago de Chile
1: boom the, the yep. power of google <laughs> oh you cheated oh <laughs> you <laughs> I mean, i'm open transparent about these things i there don't need go. a brain anymore i have a yeah. keyboard and a, yeah. and a screen <laughs> the other thing that sprang to mind when you're talking about taking this break uh, i was i was told about a book only a couple of days ago uh, by one of our mentors called what you got what got you here will yeah, get you there. Yeah, I know about
0: that book. I hate that book. Yeah, I think I think it's exactly what got you here that will get you there. Maybe not alone, Ooh. but it's it's. I th- I think mm-hmm. I think that um, that one of the most powerful. You know, if if you want to know how you progress from here, it's it's look at what look at what's worked so far, and maybe not the exact actions or or you know things you did. But look at look at how you approach things, look at how you thought about things, look at your best successes previously and, and ask yourself you know what worked? I think I think we spend so much time analyzing our failures and way too little time analyzing our wins. Uh, so So going back to your you know the, the your most fun projects, your most successful projects, uh, you know your the, the projects where you really made a difference, analyze those and ask yourself so so what what got us there? And how can we then apply that even more in the future? Um, that's that's the whole appreciative inquiry uh, approach that I like so much.
1: And how does that how does that measure up against this need to create more impact? And what what you've got what's got you to this point? And then it feels like a step, yeah. looking for a step maybe, change And maybe that level. is the
0: realization that, that what got me here will not get me any further. And that's definitely a, a thought that I've had. You know, Maybe you know the skills that I have and the knowledge that I have and the values that I have were good enough to get me here, but no further. Right? Mm. And so, so yeah. if, if that's the case, there are sort of two ways uh, to approach that. One would be, can I work with people who then have what I don't have, right? Mm-hmm. And that would be one way to go about it. Yeah. And, and and I think that's a good way. That, I think it's a great thing to do. Uh, I think the the terrible thing to do would be to try to change myself into something that I'm not, chasing, mm-hmm. chasing that next success and that next step. Um, I would never do that. I would not compromise myself um, and, and try to be something that I am not. Um, and, and and sell out my values or my integrity or my anything because i believe those are what got me here um and maybe you know whatever whatever it takes to get to that next level whatever that is uh maybe i just don't have it and maybe that's okay you know maybe maybe yeah. <laughs> that's fine maybe i did this for 16 years and i took it as far as i could and then i'll go do something else for a while that's that's not a that's not a defeat that's not admitting failure that's just saying, you know, I did this for a while; it was awesome, and now I'm gonna do something else for a while, and it's gonna be awesome as well. Um, but but having that, um, there's one of the things that I hate the most <laughs> is is sorry, there's a lot, yeah, oh yeah, pet peeves and hatreds. Um, oh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, no, um, on on LinkedIn, especially, you so mm-hmm. many memes about never quit, never give up right mm. um and you'll see mm-hmm. that they they can take you know inspirational forms uh they, they always be exactly awesome. little cartoons or whatever it can be like you know you know you you uh, uh, this person failed high school and then this and this and then now they're a famous movie star or whatever right there there's so many and that is such terrible advice it's such terrible advice because uh, you know, never quitting, you know, I'm not saying you should always quit, you know, and you should definitely shouldn't quit at the first sign of trouble or dissatisfaction. But if your attitude is that you can never quit, then whatever you're doing, you're stuck in that for life. And that's a terrible, terrible thing.
1: Um, and, and my
0: other, I heard a great story about this. Uh, there was a Danish opera soprano called Tina Kiebe, uh world famous. This is a, a while back. Um, and I heard a radio interview with her where she said that as a kid, she actually played the violin. And she was, you know, a fairly good, uh, you know, accomplished, uh, um, uh violinist. And then one day she's, uh, she participates in a contest, violin contest for young, uh, uh, amazing violin players. And there's, there's another, uh, uh, girl there playing the violin and she is amazing, right? I mean, she is so good. And she's like, holy crap. She's fantastic. I will never be that good. So she quits the mm-hmm. violin and, and, and you can mm-hmm. see that as a failure, right? She should just have stuck to it. you never quit anything. Quitters never win and winners never quit. But her okay. decide her decision to quit the violin is how she ended up singing and ended up becoming one of the world's most celebrated opera divas. So, so objectively speaking, you know, never quit is terrible, terrible advice. Um, and and we've actually we actually we encourage people to quit you know if they're unhappy at work and they've tried to fix it and mm. it doesn't work get the hell out of there and and i feel like you know given the situation i'm in maybe it's time for me to eat my own dog food um, and and you know if this is the the advice we give others maybe we need to live by it ourselves or i need to live by it myself um so so that's that's what i'm ended up doing. sorry
1: Brings to my, the word integrity is jumping out it again. It sucks having this integrity.
0: <laughs> Makes life you know life is so much easier when you don't have principles.
1: Yeah, great, you can it? do anything, yeah, and
0: get away with anything. You know, look at Trump.
1: Oh, you can become president of the US
0: if you don't have integrity. <laughs> if you're willing to lie about oh, whatever. Yes. Yeah. No. I so so uh, so it is. It is, uh, for me, this is an ex- actually an example of, again, of, of doing what I've always done, right? That, that has worked hmm. for me so far. Uh, does that mean it'll yeah. work this time? Who the hell knows? I certainly don't. And th- again, this is not a decision that you can you can make or analyze beforehand and know that this will work and something cool will come out of it, or this will work and I'll come back with a rehab. I don't know. It felt like the right thing to do. I'm excited about this. And i was also i'd also mm-hmm. say that um uh just just having made the decision already made my life better it already relieved a mm-hmm. lot of the pressure that i was under um and i have been feeling uh happier for it uh, ever since we made the decision i also say that ever since we announced the decision especially because now it's out there now it's mm-hmm. official now there's no way going back um, and and I also say that that the uh, the the feedback that we the response we've gotten has been so positive and supportive and and understanding. Uh, people have been amazing about it, and 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 that's that's meant so much to me.
1: So how how long have you had this feeling, and and how did it manifest itself, and. Do you remember does it did it creep it, it up very on you much crept, it,
0: uh, it very much crept uh, up right. um but I would say that it became crystal clear to me in the last two years yes um but it, wow.
1: it's been a very yeah well, for the last
0: few years I've've I've, I've known that something was wrong and it needed to be fixed right and that's that's when we went into high gear trying to fix it in different ways um it it's been it's been brewing since long before then or since a while before then right? Uh, but certainly in the last few years, I've been very, uh, very aware of it, and and very specifically, it's it's affected me. I mean, uh, you know, in in my day to day work life, I've been, I feel like I have less energy, less optimism, mm-hmm. less creativity, which also, by the way, makes it harder to actually do the things you need to do to come out, to get out of the slump, right? Um yeah, So yeah. so it's 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 made me snippy and and. Um, and uh, sort of more negative both at work and in the rest of my life. Uh, um, so, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been tough, um, a tough time.
1: Yeah. And that's why, yeah. And that's why I thought it was really important to talk to you because you know, I, we come across many people who, who have that feeling of not, there's something not quite right and not knowing what to do about it. And, and, And like you said, you know, quitting is bad. Can't quit
0: (laughs) exactly. Uh,
1: And then uh, again, what you just said here is like you're in a space now where you can't be creative with your solutions because you're in feeling tired and unmotivated, de-energized. And so it's 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 what you're doing to some maybe seem very radical, but it's it's maybe the thing that really needs to be done. The question I have is Did you try doing anything else? As you thought about how, other than just working on the business and trying to make it work and differently, had you thought, okay, maybe there's something I just need to, I don't know, I know you hate meditation. I need to do a certain <laughs> practice or I need to be more exercise, eat better. I don't uh, know. Did other things bring to mind? Maybe there's another way. To uh,
0: no, no, there wasn't. No um and 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 that's because i don't i don't think this is an internal me problem i do think this is an external business problem um right so it would be uh no i i didn't i mean i've we've I'm, i'm always looking at my life and saying how can i make things more fun and more cool and more interesting um and and the probably the best thing I've done in the last two years is take up swing dancing. And if you're listening to this, you need to take up swing dancing because swing dancing is freaking awesome. <laughs> wow. Um, and, and the <laughs> amount of happiness that's brought me, I, I, can, I cannot underestimate that. Um, we are, uh, yeah, we were dancing we we're dancing Saturday, Sunday, skip Monday, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, and we're going to a big swing dance party on Friday. So <laughs> then we have wow. practice sessions again on Saturday and Sunday. So this takes up a good chunk of my life and it is amazing. Wow. Um, so no, I, I stuck to, I would, I would say I stuck to external solutions. Uh, I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but that's, that's how I approach things.
1: Cause it sounds like there's a very tangible business, whether it's the business model, the marketing, the revenue, something around. That's that. where we, that's and where we focused and,
0: focus and tried many, many different things to sort of, again, um, find that next level of impact, whatever that is. Hmm. Yeah.
1: And another point that you made in your post was around, it sounded like having to fight the battle of happiness at work. Yes. And, uh, so do you know, maybe share a bit there more are, about that? There what are too
0: many hacks uh, out there. <laughs> mm. Yes, um, there are people, um, and this is true of every field, I'm sure, but it, it annoys me in my field. Um, there are people in, in this space of, of happiness at work who who uh, where their advice is either you know vapid and inane and and you know it's it's feel good fluff and very entertaining but very light on content that's that's sort of one camp and then there's another camp of people who are just dead wrong <laughs> and <laughs> and and a lot of them get a lot of attention um there is there's a there's a, a, a best selling author in denmark is a psychologist who's sold any number of books by telling people that they should not change, don't you know, mm. stand fast, don't change, don't don't grow, don't develop. I'm oversimplifying his message, of course, but but that's that's very much what people take away from it. That's of course complete mm. bullshit. Um, there is another guy mm. I actually know him in company. He wrote a book on uh, on bad leadership, and one of his points was that uh, positive feedback is bad for you. And you can actually give people stress, workplace stress, by giving them positive feedback. I mean that is that is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Um, and yet that you know those books, those books have sold in the, ten, the tenth of tens of thousands of copies. Um, and oh, I mean, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. That frustrates me. Yeah, I can feel. Um, And because it's, it's, I think one thing is that they're wrong. I mean, we're all entitled to be, to being wrong, but this is, this is actually harmful advice. I think Uh, if people follow their, go by what they're prescribing, I think they're, they're actually hurting
1: them. So a question I have is, and this I think lends it from the, through the lens of integrity do you believe? Do you think they really believe that, or is it uh, a message they want to put out because it sells more books?
0: That's a really good idea. I I actually I had, I had a chance to talk to uh, to the guy with the positive feedback thing, um, and we had a long conversation. So I think he believes it. I, I I I think I pretty convincingly showed him where he's wrong, <laughs> and, and and the, and the <laughs> scientific research is very clear that positive feedback is actually amazing. Um, in so many ways yeah. um so so but but uh, i think i think they believe that they're right but i also think that it's very easy to fall into that when you're constantly reinforced in your beliefs by by people you mm-hmm. know uh buying your books and and make no mistake about it there they have sold a lot more books than i have um so mm-hmm. so so they're reaching a lot more people than i am um so i think uh what is that quote what is that quote that right. Uh, it, it's remarkable how blind people can be when their continued paycheck depends on them being blind. There's, there's something like that, right? <laughs> so if you build an entire yeah. audience on saying that kind of thing, I think you become really, really good at ignoring all evidence to the contrary. Uh, so, so whether or not they believe it, I honestly don't care. They're wrong. <laughs> they should stop being wrong and start being right and stop saying crap that hurts people. Especially when they have that much of an audience, there are there are there are amazing people out there as well, reading reaching vast audiences. I think Simon Sinek does amazing work in this field. I I really like the stuff coming out of uh, Gary Vaynerchuk.
1: I I get the impression that Gary Vaynerchuk has had a bit of a pivot from the yeah hustle till you die yeah. vibe I used to get from him to something more and very
0: very um, I think yeah. I think the the I've only watched some of his short videos on LinkedIn and and Facebook and that kind of thing but what what i've seen i like it seems like a, a good positive message um that is that that is uh, mm. you know um, and he must be right because he's saying some of the same the same things that i am so
1: <laughs> of course yeah <laughs> exactly nothing like a filter bubble to exactly. so keep us uh,
0: but then but then <laughs> again the right there thing. then there are there are other books yeah. you know selling millions of copies that are complete bullshit in this field and and i hate that i hate that so much it it offends me on a very basic level Hmm. Uh, that that uh, yes, you know that that, that there is so much bullshit out there that is spread so liberally.
1: Well, it's it feels like, again because of your passion for this work and and mm-hmm. the impact that you see it creates. If it, it's it's damaging, it's like it, there is an enemy out there when people this. Disc- don't take into that take that into account, or have contrary messages that you feel yes. actually and
0: and, can and harm. also I just one of the one of the I, I care so much about truth, you know uh, I I want you know I, I want things uh, I want people to say things that are actually true, uh, as opposed to uh, you know lying. <laughs> uh, I think that that's a very fundamental value for me uh, that that you know what you're talking about and that you 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 know try to say things that are actually um, objectively provable as much as humanly possible and and a lot of people don't <laughs> a lot of people out there are spreading complete bullshit and i hate that
1: well this is the kind of where i was i was kind of hinting at when you i was t- asking about you know the tactics behind some of these books and i feel and this is maybe a bit off topic but i'm curious to get your thoughts i feel we're we're in an age where kind of populist sound bites are the things that grab everyone's attention whether they're true or not yes and that is the dangerous thing i agree completely and then you and then you create this filter bubble this this kind of cloud of everyone liking retweeting or or re-saying the same thing which isn't necessarily right
0: because it yeah The, the the internet is is uh is very much at fault for um for this, the the uh, continued spread of bullshit, and then I think the real problem is is what's known as Brandolini's law, <laughs> which is <laughs> this is one of my favorites, which uh, which says that it 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 takes an order of magnitude more effort to refute bullshit than to spread bullshit.
1: Mm. Yeah. yeah. So
0: once something is out there, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's much harder to to uh, to uh, kill uh, you know misconceptions and and lies.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I have I have a um a personal kind of battle in in my head around you know you could f- play them at their own game in a sense, you know, use their kind of positive um soundbite really pithy shareable statements to try and get that to spread which just doesn't feel um, doesn't feel it matches with integrity no or you you try and come from a place of like you say truth reason i also like the word nuance yeah. to give people a much rounded more uh, a deeper understanding of what's what's right but that becomes a harder struggle
0: one of the just uh let's uh, just so we don't get too negative and too down here mm. <laughs> i think a really positive trend is uh, all of these amazing youtube channels Hmm. That actually make long videos hmm. uh, going into very complex uh, complex topics in ways that are both both nuanced and smart and funny and entertaining at the same time. Hmm. Um, one of my favorites right now is uh, Contrapoints. Have you seen? Uh, no, YouTube I
1: channel? I, 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 anything like that? I'd be very interested in finding out more about.
0: She, uh, this is a woman in the U.S. called Natalie Wynn. Um, and and her channel is amazing. And she does. Uh, she's a, a trans woman. Uh, it's actually kind of fascinating. If you start watching her videos from two years ago, she's a man, and now mm-hmm. she's a woman. Right. Um, yeah, and and she makes uh, videos on gender issues, trans rights issues, but also on the rise of the alt-right in the U.S.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, she has, uh, if, if anybody wants to look into the phenomenon of incels, uh, Interestingly, I'm gonna she be has talking the talking best the video.
1: That. Sorry? I'm going to be talking to the woman who started that.
0: You should ask her if she's, you should watch uh, Natalie Wynn's uh, Contrapoint's video on Incels. Anyway, so I'm just saying that there, there are examples out there. Um, and, and her videos are regularly 30, 45 minutes long. Hmm. Um, and, they're, and they're eminently watchable, and you come away both entertained and smarter. I've learned so much from watching her videos, and there are a ton of YouTube channels, uh, Philosophy Tube, H. Barmer guy. Yeah. A million of those channels that actually make good, deep content. So I think I think you're right. You know, don't try to fight fire with fire. Right. Um, you can't you can't uh, use bullshit to refute bullshit. You're just mm. promoting different a different kind of bullshit. Kind of
1: bullshit. Uh,
0: we 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 need to learn to we need to, you know people need to learn to think, mm. um, and 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 people need to learn to be able to recognize bullshit for what it is. Um, and I think I do see that happening. I do see people waking up a little bit to all the, the the crap on the Internet that, you know, you can't believe everything.
1: Well, it sounds like a way to fight it uh, is what you just mentioned, those two examples. And I, th- I believe the way you're doing it is uh, what I get is entertain them and make people feel smarter. And if you yes. can do those two things, like engage them through making them feel happy or um, making it fun and cool. But at the same time, they come out with learning something new. Yeah, and not that,
0: just feeling smarter, but actually smarter.
1: Actually knowing something. Yeah. Smart. Cool. So I feel then there's this... It uh, feels like we're, 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 you. I've caught you at the turn of a page.
0: Yes, very much so.
1: And, um, and it feels like the story might change, but the essence of fun... Integrity, uh, education, uh, truth—those are the things that are going to carry on with the rest of the story.
0: If I ever sell out on that, just shoot me, okay? <laughs> 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 I, I, seriously—if I—I have no idea what I will will be doing six months from now or at the end of our six-month break. But if it—if it's not—if I can't do it with with those, you know, living up to those uh principles uh, no shoot me just shoot me take me out oh. bag and shoot me
1: <sighs> well, I, I I really enjoyed our conversation I, I, likewise I feel that there's a lot for people to 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 learn. I hope they've been entertained. Um, but I believe there's also because of it's your story it's an authentic story that is is rooted in truth. so I'm really grateful for for spending some time with you finding out more. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to this Happy Startup School podcast. We're on a mission to help purpose-driven entrepreneurs and individuals find more alignment between what they believe and the work they do. Because for us, happiness is when what you think, say and do are all aligned. Happiness isn't just a passive feeling, but an active way of living, which isn't always easy, but when it's done right, can be effortless. We're on a mission to help you find happiness by providing tools, courses and community that inspires you to follow the journey of building a happy startup. This will require finding out more about yourself, as well as learning how to build a purposeful business. If you're excited by this, then please rate and subscribe to this podcast on your preferred platform, and then go to our website, thehappystartupschool.com. You can also read our blog at ahappy.link forward slash read.